Welcome back to our High Five, where we are celebrating five awesome things that God is doing in the life of our church. Let's go. Coming in at number five, we are celebrating the two baptisms that our Franklin Outpost has experienced recently. Greg and Zeb, today this kingdom-sized high five goes out to each of you. We're so excited to see how God is gonna continue to move in your lives. Coming in at number four, this past Friday, our Manchester Outpost hosted a gathering for those in Open Roof. Open Roof is a group dedicated to those families and individuals with disabilities. On the first Friday of each month, Open Roof provides a place for caregivers and parents to come and fellowship together. So if you or someone that you know would benefit from being a part of this group, well then head on over to church.one slash groups and high five to more ways to connect like this. Here at number three is the fall semester of Rooted. It's well underway and groups have begun growing in what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Way to go guys. This high five goes out to everybody in Rooted right now, growing strong roots in God's love. In at number two, this past week, our wise and wonderful group met in Manchester. They enjoyed a meal, they heard a word from Bo, and then they shared in a lesson on how to shop in healthier ways. You see, this group aims to provide people 55 and older with a place to build community, grow in faith, and be an encouragement to one another. So high five to all of those in Wise and Wonderful. And if you are interested in joining this group in its monthly gatherings, then go to church.one slash groups, and we hope to see you at the next one. And finally, up at number one, we are celebrating the many baptisms that took place at our Manchester Outpost recently. High five to Crystal, Joel, Nia, Jalen, Kylie, and Joshua. We are excited for how God will continue to work in and through your lives. Thank you for joining us for this high five. We look forward to celebrating with you in the next one. You are loved by God. You are, you're loved by God. Through Jesus, he, he accepts you. He sets you free. And Scripture will say, if God is for you, what can stand against you? I want you to really, like, hold on to that, not just some guy telling you it from a stage, but think about that. If, if God is for you, what can stand against you? If he, if he loved you so much that he did not hold back his one and only Son. How will He also not with Him give us all things? You are loved. In Him you are accepted and forgiven. And to be honest, maybe that's all you need to hear this morning, is that that's who you are. And the reason why I think that is so important is because at the same time God calls you, and I would say you specifically, and you're like, well, how does he call me? And I'm like, I don't know how he calls you. But he's probably put people in your life, whether it's kids you go to school with or whether it's people that you work with. And when you come to know the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done, that he has died for the world so that they could find life in him, we then have this wonderful privilege of getting to tell other people, you are loved, you are accepted. In Jesus, you can find forgiveness. 
But sometimes we're, we, we, we don't know what to do with that calling that God has for us. Like, we struggle with failure and sin, and we don't, we don't always rise to that calling. One of the things that I think we, we fear, and by we, I mean, I certainly have experienced this in my life at times, is, is rejection. Like, we don't, we care a lot about what, what other people think of us. And I can spend a lot of time worrying about, like, what I say, like, like what you're going to think based on what I say, and you can worry about, like, the things that God might be inviting you into, and... When we understand who we are in Jesus, we can face anything that comes our way. So there's a guy, our memory verse comes from Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And there's a guy named Moses who is standing before a burning bush, and God is saying to Moses, Moses, I want you to set my people free in Egypt. His people were in slavery in Egypt. The people of God were in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. And that's a long time, but God calls this shepherd guy who had felt a lot of rejection. In fact, Disney says he was the prince of Egypt, if you've seen that one. And, but he's gone and he's taking care of sheep with his father-in-law. And I, I, that, my guess is that's not the, the thought that where his life was going to turn out. And you've probably been there too. Like, I didn't know this was where life was going to turn out. And yet God, in that moment, calls him. He says, Moses, I want to use you. And the question would be, well, what if they don't listen to me? And the question can be, well, what if they don't accept me? And his was a big calling. I get that. And yours might be, well, you might say, well, mine's a smaller calling. And I'm like, well, who cares? If God's calling you into it, what does it matter, big or small? And so Moses is like, well, who, who am I, how am I supposed to do this? Who am I supposed to say sent me? And our memory verse is Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And this is this moment when God speaks to Moses. And, and he tells Moses his name. It's been our memory verse. And we're going to say it together. It's going to be up here on the screen in just a second. And just say it with me. Because this is what he says. It's, a, it's our last time saying it together. It starts a new series next week. But um, say this with me. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. If God is for you, what can stand against you? And you might be like, I don't know the calling of my life. Well, I can tell you the calling of your life is to love the people around you with the love of Jesus. And to know that the I am goes with you. If the I am is with you, today after the service ends, and if the I am is with you in the things that he's calling you into, then what can stand against you? That for me is the, the recipe of an unstoppable church. An unstoppable people is saying, okay, God is for me. God loves me. God knows me. He's given everything for me like... What in the world is holding me back? And sometimes it's that fear of rejection. Sometimes it's that, that identity piece of like, well, I don't really know who I am and I'm, I'm scared of all the baggage that I've got and all the stuff that I'm carrying and a lot of those lies can creep back in and a lot of those realities can creep in too because you know, sometimes we do some dumb stuff. And Jesus says, no, I can set you free from that and I want to set you free so that you can find a life of, of joy and freedom in me so that, so that other people can see your life and be impacted by it and so you don't have to fear anymore about being rejected. Sometimes we fear rejection. We're in John 18 today, and 
Like in Jesus' life, everything is kind of unraveling. And I don't mean that in his life. I mean that if we were to observe the story, it looks like everything is unraveling. Certainly in the disciples' life, it seems like everything's unraveling. Like, Jesus is saying, I am God with you. I am God among you. He has all of these I am statements throughout the book of John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light. I am, the, I am bread that's come down from heaven. I am, I am, I am. Exodus chapter 3, four, verse 14. The God who is the I am is here presently with you. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it. And he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. They rejected him. God came to earth. And earth said, eh, we don't want you. I was running through this last night. I'm like, what in the world? What? Well, what did he do wrong that the world might reject him? And if you look at the, if you look at the life of Jesus, man, he, it's a life marked by love. It's a, a life marked by service. He's washing people's feet. It's a life marked by healing. People who can't see are seeing. People who can't walk are walking. People who are dead are being raised to life again. It's people who are so outcast and so far away. He's saying, no, you are loved and you're invited in. And they, we, we're all set without you. And the majority of the world that Jesus was in rejected him. John chapter 18, Jesus is in the garden and you start to learn from him. When you know who you are, you can face rejection. Like if you watch that with Jesus, he knows who he is. At the very beginning, you, Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. You might remember that story and, and a voice comes from heaven and it says this. It says, this is my son. In him I am well pleased. And I wonder, I wonder how much that moment shaped Jesus' life. Like, this is my son. This is, this is my identity. This is who I am. And I thought about, I thought about like, if you're speaking to, spoken to you right now, if you could hear the voice of God at this moment, say, this is my son. This is my daughter, whom I love, who I gave my son for, who, who, who I died for. I am well pleased. Like, how much would that free you up? To say, okay. But Jesus is in the garden. And the cross is looming in the distance. He's asked his disciples to come pray with him. You know, I, you know what I love about God? He knows what rejection feels like. He knows it. His disciples, he said, can you, can you pray with me? And they go with him, and I'm sure they gave their best. Like, and it says that he, he's praying, and, and as he's praying, it's like drops of, of sweat, like blood, were coming. And he goes back to talk to his friends, and like, see, see, see how they're doing, and they're all asleep. You like, talk about rejection, and your buddies fall asleep, like... And he wakes him up. He's like, hey, guys, like, this is a moment. Like, I, I don't know if, I'm, if I can get through this. He says, will you get up and pray with me? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll pray with you, Jesus. And, and so he goes and prays again. Father, if there's any way, may this cup pass, Lord. And I don't know how to wrestle with all the intricacies of that. But 
He comes back to his disciples, his friends, and they're asleep again. And you have this contrast of something so heavy on the heart of Jesus and his disciples so heavy in sleep, his friends so heavy in sleep, and you're like, man, rejection. Have you ever experienced rejection? That's a dumb question. Do you remember, the, remember when you experienced rejection? I remember seventh grade, junior high. I thought I was pretty good at basketball. And I'm doing all right, making it through some of the cuts, and I'm doing my best, and me and my best friend, Justin, he was there. And we come to the last day of the cut, and we're all sitting on the floor of the gymnasium. The coaches got us around being all coachy and stuff, and he starts to call all of the names. I think it was, I can't remember how it was, if it was which way it went of who was going to be on the team or who had to go home. But whatever it is, my name was in the wrong spot. And I remember that feeling of not being picked. I remember those questions of, am I not good enough? I remember those questions of, I wonder what more I need to do if it, it, it didn't help, and this is on me. It didn't help my best friend Justin made the team, and he's like doing some cheerleader, like dance, dance uh, uh, thing afterward, just in all excitement of his victory, and oh man, the contrast between. And you feel it. You felt rejection. And it can stop you in your tracks. I mean, you can feel it in many different ways. It can be rejection in marital stuff. It can be rejection in, in friendship stuff. It can be rejection at work type stuff. I mean, we as humans, like we know how to, we've, we've experienced rejection. What kind of God is this that comes to earth and experience rejection when he has all power? But he's willing to be rejected by the ones he created. That's strange. And so his friends are falling asleep, and then we pick up in verses uh, 1 through 5. It says this, while he had finished praying, when he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. Now on the other side there was a garden, and his disciples went into it, and Judas, he betrayed him. He knew the place. He knew the spot where Jesus would be, his friend, who's walked with him for Three years. It's like, I, I know where Jesus is. I can, I can bring you to him. You ever been betrayed? Jesus has been betrayed. The God of all creation, the one through whom all creation was made, felt the betrayal of a friend. So Judas came to the garden and he guided, guided a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests of the Pharisees. And they were carrying torches and lanterns and weapons. Now, Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, when you know who you are, you can face rejection. Now, Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, he went out and asked them, who is it you want? We want Jesus of Nazareth. They replied, I am he. Throughout John, John's been looking at the I am statements of Jesus. I don't think it's an accident that Jesus responds with, who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth, I am he. And then Judas the traitor was standing there with them. 
God knows. God knows the feeling of rejection. Jesus in the garden, he knew the feeling of rejection. Judas had betrayed him. Peter is going to deny him. And I wonder how much of an alone time this was for Jesus. I was thinking about them coming at night. I mean, he's the light of the world, and yet they come at night with torches and lanterns and, and weapons. And if you stop and think about it, you're like, what, what an odd moment. If you like reading this for the first time, God came to earth to love his people. God came to earth to show them the way into his kingdom to restore all things. And they came to him with torches and weapons. And I'm like, ah, what is it in Jesus? Well, Jesus knew who he was. And when you know who you are, you're able to face rejection. That doesn't make it easy. Because right? when I say that, like, that doesn't mean that being rejected by people at your school is easy or being rejected at work is easy or being rejected in however you might be. It's not to say it's easy. It's, it's when you watch Jesus, he knows who he is and his identity, his identity comes from his father, that, that he is loved by the father, that he is one with the father, that his father is united with him. And so he says, I... I am He. When you know who you are, you can finish the mission. When you know who you are, you can finish the mission that God puts in front of you. And I'd say that to you. Whatever, whatever, whatever like, responsibility God has you in, moms or dads, or I mean, you fill in the grandparents, students, whatever responsibility that God has called you. And when you know who you are, you, you can finish. You can, he who began a good work in you, he'll see it through to completion. And now, now it's, okay, God, how do I remain in you and stay connected to you so that you can flow through me? It's interesting. They, they, they ask the question again. Are you Jesus of Nazareth? And this is, this is what they say. When Jesus... Maybe they didn't ask it. I don't know. Oh, no, it just says this. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. What? 45 years on this earth. I've always been intrigued by that. I can tell you, I don't actually know what to think of that. I am he. And a group of soldiers and high priests and religion falls to the ground. Isn't that interesting? I don't, I don't understand it all, but I love it. Like, like, I am he, and they all fall to the ground. What are they coming for? They're coming to, they're coming to arrest him. They're ultimately coming to crucify him. And yet he says, I am he, and they all, they all fall down? There's some strange stuff going on here. So I, I stopped there for a second. Again, he asked them, who is it you want? And Jesus of Nazareth, they said, and Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. 
This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those that you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, he drew it and he struck the high priest's servant's name, uh, servant cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, Peter, put away your sword. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? That fallen down part. There are so many sides and facets and pictures of Jesus that, that intrigue me, but this is, like, this is like one of them. But, and here's what, here's what I think amazes me about that is like, you'll watch these many moments in Jesus' ministry where there's one time they, they, they try to, this is a weird one, they try to apprehend him and make him king, which I don't even know how that happens. How do you make someone your king? But it says that, that, that Jesus walked right through. Other times they had come to arrest him and he, he goes right through. It's like, no, yeah, no, you ain't getting me. And now they've come to arrest him in a garden and it's all a sham. If you, if, if you know any of the, like, their Jewish laws, like, you can't, take, you can't have a court. You can't, you can't do all of this stuff at night. Jesus is like, I've been walking around in the open for, for, for years now. What, what's going on here? And, and um, they say, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus says, I am he. And they all fall to the ground. I'm like, what is, it? what is that? What is that message? Well, one thing I, I think it, it, it teaches me is that Jesus is in control. Jesus was saying something like this. I, I, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down. What does that teach you about your God? What does that teach you about his love for you? Is that I am willfully, I am knowingly being betrayed by friends. I'm willingly like being mocked and spat upon. I am willingly doing all of this. No one takes it from me, but I willingly step into this and lay my life down for you. Everything that is happening is supposed to be happening. Jesus will say, at one point, it's like, I could, I could call legions of armies, legions of angels. But I'm not going to. Because I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. You'll find that not only is Jesus in control, but this is a kind of, kind of Jesus is about others. I don't know, this doesn't seem like a major part of the story, like to me, I don't know. Yet John, John actually will quote from the Old Testament in the midst of it, and so he'll bring it up, and I'm like, okay, there, there must be something here. It says, so, so Jesus is, is, is about others, and this is what he says. So he says, I am being arrested, but I care about these. I want you to let them go. I want you to... Not come after them. I, w I want you to come after me. And I realize that that is, the, that is the good news from the very beginning. Is Jesus saying, I want you to come after me and not after them? He says, says, let them go. And 
John will see this like, oh, this fulfills scripture when he says, I will not lose any of those that you've given to me. Then you'll find this other thing is like, at least at this moment, Jesus is about peace. You want to fight? Like, is there anything you want to fight right now? Like, you're ready to go after some flesh and blood? Peter, he's a little rambunctious among the disciples. <laughs> I, I don't know, this isn't funny. Uh, it's just, it just, I don't know, he, he, he draws out his sword, and he's like, all right, here it is. Like, King Jesus, he's now in Jerusalem, and they're coming after my guy. And so he, he grabs his sword, and he swings it, and I don't know if he's a bad shot. I don't know what he's going for. I don't know if he's a bad swing, I guess. I don't know if he's a bad swing, but as he's swinging, maybe to take off the guy's head, he gets his ear. And Jesus is like, what are you doing, Peter? And again, in this picture of weirdness, Jesus bends down and he picks up Malchus's ear and he puts it back on him. He says, I, I've come to bring peace. When you know who you are, you can finish the mission. When you know who you are, You can say, okay, whatever God has put in front of me and whatever it is that he's put in front of you, God, help us to see even now what it is you've put in front of us. Maybe we want to quit and maybe we're tired and maybe we're worn out. Help us to see Jesus who went before us and showed us that when we know who we are, we can finish. We can keep walking. And then finally, when you know who you are, you can follow Jesus. And that's kind of interesting because sometimes we don't know who we are. Or sometimes we're scared of who we are. Sometimes we're afraid. And fear can sometimes get the best of us. Rejection can sometimes get the best of us. And The scene kind of shifts a little bit to Peter. This is what it goes on to say. Then the, t the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials, they arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Now Caiaphas was one, the one who had advised the Jewish leaders. I think he had a prophecy, like a word from God. It was an interesting one. And it said, um, it, this is kind of a summary of it. It says, he told the leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. That's an interesting thing to say. Now Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Jesus arrested. They're pulling him away. They're taking him away. Now, because the disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside at the door because he didn't know the high priest the same way this other guy, other disciple knew. The other disciple who was known to the high priest came back. He spoke to the servant girl who was on duty there and brought Peter in. So now Peter's inside. Peter's inside the courtyard of the high priest. Jesus is arrested. They're trying to figure everything out. And the servant girl comes up to Peter. You aren't one of, his man, you aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? You must be with this guy. I know you were with this guy. <laughs> that guy's here. I remember the whole, I heard the whole story already. Like, like, surely you're one of these, one of them. Like, you're one of them. 
Sometimes we're afraid of rejection. Sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes we're afraid of fill in the blank. Peter says, I am not. I am not. I'm not with him. Sometimes um, sometimes I, th I think I can look a little too hard at Peter. I mean, everybody else was gone. He's there. He's there, and yet you see, still see that he's kind of struggling to figure out exactly where he is or who, who he is and where he stands with everything. He's like, he's like scared. Like I, rejection, death, I don't know. You fill in the blank of, of the fear that's there. Here's what I think is incredibly interesting about this passage. Jesus is in a garden, and religion and soldiers are ready to take him and put him to death. And they're like, are you the one? And he's like, I am. A man is in a courtyard, asked by a little girl, are you, are you with Jesus? I am not. You start to see the moments when you're like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm with Jesus. I'm not sure that I'm there either. Or not. We're, we're sometimes afraid of like, what people are going to think about us and the shame and fears that well up inside us. And if you read the rest of the story of, of Peter, though, Jesus, in his grace, he'll restore him. He's like, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Lord, I love you. All right, Peter, this is who you are. You are one who's going to go feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Jesus, I love you. All right, this is who I've called you to be. I've called you to know who you are. You're called to make an impact on the world around you. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Jesus, I love you. You know that I love you. Then be who you are. When you know who you are, you can follow Jesus. You are loved. You are accepted. And Jesus, you are forgiven. By his Holy Spirit, you are, you are empowered. And if the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is at work in you, what can stop us? Big thing, small thing. What can stop the people of God? Just a little earlier, Jesus had a meal with his disciples and he let them know that this was for them. What was coming, the cross was for them, the beatings was for them because they were loved, because they were known. And so he takes bread and juice, he takes a piece of bread and if you have it there with you, you can take it now and we celebrate this moment called communion. We have this common union with our Savior. And so we take to our King. Because Jesus knew who he was, he could endure rejection. Because Jesus knew who he was, he could, he could finish the Father's mission. And because of who, of Jesus, who Jesus was and who he says we are, now we can, we can follow him. Follow him in faith and strength and freedom. That's what we take to our King.
Will you all stand with me? If there's a way we can pray for you today, better said, if there's a way we can pray with you today, Dan will be down in front here. I'll be in front over here. I think someone will be in the back in just a second. And whatever it is, whatever, whatever way we can come alongside you. If you're struggling with who you are and struggling with rejection or whatever that might be. But then secondly, um, if you haven't stepped into the love and acceptance and forgiveness of Jesus, can I tell you this is the best news that you're going to get today? Like, that in Him, all sin can be washed away, that in all Him, in Him, all, all purpose and reason in life can be found. So if you haven't been baptized into Him, there's an invitation to, to say, Jesus, I'm all in from top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I'm all in with you. I'm going to pray. Jesus, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for enduring my rejection. Many times my denials and many times me wanting to be king. So, Father, I pray that that we might know who you are, may, may know who you are, and that we might know who we are. And whatever it is that you've called us into today and tomorrow and this week, if we have them, that you might give us names and faces and places that we're supposed to be and go and help us to be Jesus to them. It's your name we pray. Amen.
as you go through your week, just remember that he is the great I am. He's everything that you need and anything that you want in this time, in that moment. So when you pray to him, speak it in the name of Jesus and believe it for his love. When you receive that love, share it with someone in your life. So God bless you guys and have a great week. Yeah.